Hello and welcome to Cannon and Cockrell. My name is Michael, I'm a Spurs fan. And I'm Jason and I'm an Arsenal fan. And it's been a while since we spoke. I think the last episode, Arsenal were third, Spurs were still playing at Wembley and the Champions League quarterfinal draw had only just been made. Um, Good old days. All how times change. Uh, Spurs in the new stadium in the Champions League semi-finals. Arsenal, you know, could move to the point of Spurs if they win tomorrow at Leicester. I've just got back from the uh, the West Ham Spurs game, the first defeat at the new stadium. Uh, Jason, how do you feel about how things have gone since we last spoke? Terrible, to be honest. We've absolutely bottled it yet again. Um, it kind of has shown that, that this Unai era that everyone's been talking about, all the players are improved. You know, the new signings, the core have been brilliant. You know, we're a new Arsenal team that, that, that can um, win when we're up against it, especially away from home. And everything has been blown out of the water because clearly we didn't recruit enough last year. We didn't clear enough of the deadwoods. And I think the management, especially Emery and his backroom staff, have a lot to answer for. A lot to answer for because they clearly don't look prepared for these games. You know, it's, it's again, it's that Wengerisms of, of one dimension, play the way we want to play. It doesn't work. We give up. We go home. Let the other team win. You know, the, 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 I don't see any grit anymore. I don't really see much care anymore. And I think it has to do with the fact that, apart from the Europa League, they feel like they have nothing to play for. Almost that top four is not an incentive anymore. So they're, they're thinking, well, where is their motivation coming from? And it's not coming from that manager who's, who's, who just seems a bit gormless and, and has given up, to be honest. You see Jurgen Klopp last night. He's motivated. He's rallying the players. He knows. He even says, listen, all we can do is try and win our games. We're going to try. We're going to try. And, and you want to go and wake up in the morning and go to training and work for him. I don't think you do for Unai Emery and that team. And I'm seriously worried that if we don't get top four and if we don't win the Europa League, then things are going to get worse. So do you think the Euro- that interesting what you said about the Europa League then, do you think that run has distracted you from getting top four in the league because you think, oh, well, if we win the Europa League, then we'll be fine? Absolutely. I mean, I was thinking about this. I would, on all things being equal, I would prefer to win the Europa League and get the top four through that. So you win a trophy, you win a European trophy, and you get Champions League space. Brilliant. Amazing season. But, also, I worry about going into that game if we get to Baku and not having secured Champions League football, that everything depends on that. And to be honest, we know Arsenal, under pressure like that, they bottle it as well, especially this type of team we've got the, with the weak backbone. Um, I think it has distracted them. Yeah, I think, I think they, they seem to be resting on their laurels that, oh, Unia is the genius in Europa League. He'll win it. He'll make us win it. Um, They've, they've got a relatively easy draw. I know Napoli was probably one of the best of the rest, and it was a brilliant result. You know, the, the second in, they were second in Serie A. It was brilliant over two legs to really convincingly beat them. Um, who knows against Valencia? Who knows what will happen, especially if we get through them? Who knows what could happen against Frankfurt or Chelsea? And yeah, would it be um, enough to, to save the season? If you win the Europa League, do you think that that's enough then it's been a good season or would that would you be worried that that would just paper over the cracks it definitely would paper over the cracks long term but I believe I've always you know how I've always thought that 
if we can get back to where we belong, which is Champions League, that for me is Unai Emery's job done. You know, I think they were about to say let's give him two or three seasons to get us back where we belong. I think if you get him there, you sack him. You get rid of him and you bring in a good manager, give him the resources to build a team and you and you and you um you capitalize on that momentum. So I think it's a good season to get back where we belong, which is the Champions League. We can't anything less that's a failure. Um but we need we need to we need to capitalise on that. That can't that can't just be a tick on the box. It needs to be the catalyst for another change, as um, Ivan Hazid has once said. I'm interested as well about Spurs, what you consider a successful season, because, you know, again and again, we always say, oh, well, you're not winning trophies. Um, again and again, I've seen Spurs fans on social say, don't tell me that Pochettino needs to win a trophy. He, uh, he beat Man City by cheating with a handball in VAR, and uh, he's still got top four, even though they're bottling it as well. So, you know, I'm interested. If you guys get knocked out, to Ajax, who, uh, let's be honest, I'm sure they're a very good team, but they're probably riding off a lot of momentum at the moment. And you seem to bottle it from being potential title challenges at the beginning of the season to now uh, there's a big risk that you finish fourth, let alone maybe even finish fifth. Could be. Um, what, What is success? Wow. Okay. Uh, there's a lot, a lot to go through there. I mean, first of all, I'd say that... <clears throat> Well, I'll go on to the Champions League in a minute. But what I would say is that, I mean, I said before in this podcast, if Pochettino finishes top four with this squad this season, um, I think he's been one of the managers of the year. And actually, if you look at our, I think today was our 12th league defeat, which is the most we've ever had in a season under Pochettino and the most defeats this season we've had since the AVB to Sherwood season. So in terms of the number of defeats, this has actually been one of our worst seasons for about five or six years. And yet, with two games to go, we are third and in the Champions League semi-final, which I don't think anybody would have predicted at the start of the season when we made zero signings and didn't have much of a pre-season because all of our best players were involved right to the end of the World Cup um, and when the stadium move was was pushed back. And you can see what impact, OK, we lost today, but you can see what impact the new stadiums already had. And I remember you asking me whether you thought whether I thought we should wait until next season um, or you know whether it was worth moving in with only a few games to go. And I think even despite losing today, that move has been vindicated. It was the right call to move in as soon as we could because it gave us a boost when we really needed it. When we moved into the new stadium, we'd gone five games without a win, and then we've, we've gotten wins. I think we definitely wouldn't have got to the Champions League semi-final for sure if it wasn't for the stadium. And I think that collapse that we were having at that point in the season probably would have been worsened had we had to go back to Wembley. Um, but I think considering... All, especially all the injuries we've had as well. I mean, today we could hardly put a team together. I think most Spurs fans would consider finishing in the top four success for this year. And certainly we've gone way further than anybody thought we would in the Champions League. I mean, when we both started following football, if you'd said Tottenham Hotspur Champions League semi-finalists, I mean, I remember celebrating just qualifying for the UEFA Cup, let alone getting into the Champions League. And now in the semi-finals, having knocked out Manchester City, um, having scored fully legitimate goals. I mean, all the stuff about cheat. I remember Arsenal online saying, oh, if there was VAR, Spurs would be a mid-table side. But with VAR, Spurs are Champions League semi-finalists. So, you know, I welcome our new uh, video replays if if, if that's the, what it's going to give us. I mean, that City game was one of the most exhilarating emotional experiences I've ever had watching football, um, you know, from one extreme to the other. And, you know, we deserved it. We went to the Etihad and we attacked and we played 
brave attacking football. We didn't sit back and play negative. We went there. We scored three away goals. We beat them 1-0 at home. Um, we, you know, knocked out probably the favourites for the tournament and probably the champions of England. So I think we deserve credit for that. I think Ajax will be very tough. They beat Juventus. They beat Real Madrid. No human son for the first leg. Maybe no Sissoko, no Winks. You know, it'll be a tough game. Ajax are a very good team. Can't wait for the match. Something I never thought I'd see. And who knows if we get to the final, I mean, then whatever happens in the final, I don't think you can say it's been unsuccessful. I mean, Liverpool last season finished fourth and got to the Champions League final. And everybody said that was a huge success. And it was the template for them to challenge for the title next year. I'm hoping that we can do something similar. You know, Liverpool only scraped fourth on the last day, I think, last season. But that Champions League run gave them the confidence and the belief, even though they didn't go on and win it, to do bigger and better things next season. So that's what I'm hoping we now follow that template of. It's funny, you started that soliloquy <laughs> about Mauricio Pochettino and kind of seeing as with this squad getting top four could you know could prove that he is a contender not not actually physically because I'm sure um, that's going to be announced tomorrow at the awards um, but one of the managers of the year and I kind of just look at it and think for what you know you shouldn't be proud and celebrating of not making signings there is a clear there is a clear um, mismatch of ambition and initiative from the, between the board and the management because they are deluded. That team is, is, is running on confidence at the moment from that Champions League run, I agree. But they're not all going to stay. There's no way they all stay. There's no way Ericsson is staying past next year at this rate. Lloris is on the way out as well. He's che- he looks like he's checked out. I don't care about these penalty saves. He's made like three in the past year and everyone's saying... Well, I, I think you'll think it's um, against Aubameyang because if that had gone in, the league would look very different right now. Well, let's not remind myself. I've had a very few sleepless nights over that penalty save. Um, and, for, and for me, it, it, it's almost like admitting that there, there's, there's mediocrity in the management of the club. I, I don't understand how how you can how you can run on that model where you there's so much delusion and so much arrogance again and I think I've said this before that, that zero signings is celebrated and it's Wait. it's going to implode and it's going to be a shame because you Liverpool listen Liverpool saw it Champions League final everyone said your goalkeepers are terrible your goalkeepers are terrible you need to replace your goalkeepers they didn't do it guess what Carrius was responsible for them not winning the Champions League Guess what? They went and bought a keeper, and he might be the the difference. Him and Van Dyke to actually win the league and potentially again the Champions League this year. Um, also, I just want to say it was handball like by Lorente. It was a very special moment. Uh, I'm very happy for all my Spurs fans. Um, I know that I know that you know the fans will be very proud of their team. However. At the end of the day, I don't know how you can wake up and look at yourself in the morning and think we got to the Champions League semi-final by cheating. Well, because we didn't cheat. Where did we cheat? It was handball by the Are you seriously saying that that goal should have been disallowed? Because if yes. that, his, ar- his arm is literally on his body and it goes in off his hip. Even if his arm the ball with his arm and then it hit his hit and it hit his leg, which went in. It was like similar. Player had scored that, you would have wanted it disallowed and thought that would have been the correct decision. Listen, these are hypotheticals here, but listen, Thierry Henry, France against Ireland, he touched it, 
that was the assist. Then he kicked yeah, that's it. Exactly. That is a handball. You cannot compare that to Lorente. That's the proof that what Lorente did is nowhere near in the same ballpark. A handball is a handball. And, you know, I think the referee might have bottled it under that pressure. Um, well, no, because you, you know, there's a few times now Spurs this season, and I've mentioned it a few times, the VAR and refereeing decisions and rules have gone into their, have been... Um, how can you say rules for their, for their, either? For rules are rules. Do you, do you remember Harry Kane against Arsenal early in the season? And everyone, he was definitely offside. And everyone said, oh, we've got this new rule where, uh, no, there was a foul before. And the There's ball no wasn't thing as new rules. So that I, I do believe that there, there have been elements this season where Spurs have had favourable refereeing decisions, um, similar to the United days of Ferguson. I think, you know, if you, whilst, whilst they have had some great performances... I do believe they have had that element of luck, which isn't. Some champions have luck, you know. Okay, so what do you think about the the penalty City got in the first leg? Do you think that was a penalty? I don't remember what penalty you're actually talking about. Handball on Danny Rose, where they said it was handball because he made himself bigger. That's why it's handball, even though it wasn't deliberate. They said because his arm was in the air and it hit him. The penalty that Aguero saved by Lloris probably wouldn't have gone through were it not that penalty save. Another important penalty save from Lloris. Do you think that, that was a handball and should have been a penalty? I would, that say that, I, yeah. I would say that I actually can't remember the the um, I did not see the incident, so I can't possibly comment uh, on it. Classic but, yeah. Wenger uh, however, however, by the sounds of it, yeah, it would have been a penalty because right. the, the justification for that was because his arm was in the end, he made himself bigger. Lorente, his arm is on his body; he's not making himself bigger. And the, the decisive thing was that the decisive touch, if it had gone in straight off his arm into the goal, they would have disallowed it. But because it then touches his hip and goes in off that, which it would have hit anyway and went in, that's why it wasn't disallowed. And because the, the angles that you see, it goes in off his hip. But for me, you've got to also take the context that the fact that Lorente is a donkey type of player. He doesn't know what he's doing. He's not in control. He can't, he couldn't uh, hit a barn door. And the truth is that... And yet he scored the goal that takes the team into a Champions League semi-final. Meanwhile, Aubameyang's missing penalties to bottle his team getting in that very competition. Well, Aubameyang isn't even getting the opportunity to do that because he's slowly falling out of favour with Unai Emery, it looks like. Lacazette's been starting most of the games this season, actually, and, and Aubameyang's suddenly finding himself out in the cold. And someone said quite recently they wouldn't be surprised if they saw him leave in a summer clear-out this year. And I, I've kind of, I used to absolutely love Aubameyang, I still do. I love his pace, I love his his personality on the ball, you know, when he finishes, it's great. But he doesn't have that same consistency and composure, which Lacazette does. Um, and I think those funds, we, you know, we need to get rid of Ross from Friends, um, Ozil, Aubameyang, um, and many more. But, but we could use some, the money from someone like that who's erratic to buy someone consistent. And that's, that's a serious worry for me. But that actually... On, 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 on signings, very quickly, yeah. um, one thing I wanted to say when you said about celebrating lack of signings, one thing I just want to clear up, I'm, I, I'm not, I don't want to make it seem like I'm celebrating lack of signings because no Spurs fan was happy that we didn't sign anyone. But what we're saying is, considering we didn't sign anyone, the fact that we've been able to compete to the level that we have is why what Pochettino's done is impressive. Is in contrast to other managers and the way they behave when they don't get the signings that they want, for him to be able to squeeze as much out of this squad as possible is the example of management. Being able to transform Tizoko, being able to use the squad players that we thought were dead and buried. You know, Nkudu got a game-winning assist this season. Janssen's now back on the pitch. 
making the most of the players that you've got, improving them, despite not getting signings. That is the job of management. So that's what it is. It's not that we're celebrating signings, and I'm sure that there will be signings in the summer. And also, I think on, a, on ambition and investment, when you go to the, the new stadium, I think it, made, it changed a lot of fans' opinion on Levy when they realised this is where the money has been spent. You know, you can't say they haven't put money into the, the club. They've just been putting it into the stadium for the past few years instead of players. And actually, that stadium already it has more potential to take Spurs to the next level than spending 50 million on one player who may or may not be good. Um, so I think that, that I think that was say more on, on ambition and on and on signings. Those are the two things I just say. And that was more visible than ever um, today. That, that stadium's taking to the next level of mediocrity. Um, just. Upon signings, that's where I actually wanted to give a nice little segue to a little game I came up with the other day. Um, there are two very popular um, TV series slash movie series that are out at the moment and in the press. One of which is called Game of Thrones. And I wanted to put my spin on that title when this game is called Game of Rose. Most natural name. And as everyone knows... The Avengers film is out. I haven't seen it yet. I'm not sure if you have, Michael. I have, yeah. Oh, wow, wow, wow. I'm about to, um, about to see it tonight, so no spoilers. And no spoilers for anyone who's listening as well. Um, I believe it's called Endgame. And as we can remember in the last film, there was these six Infinity Stones by the famous villain Thanos. And I want to test those six infinity stones if they were to be players in your team at Tottenham which six players or six stones in your team would you get rid of this summer if you could just click a finger and they would disappear oh six players six players who would you get rid of wow do you do you have six Arsenal players in mind oh yeah I have 20 Arsenal players in mind <laughs> but I have to I have to narrow it down so uh, I, can get, I, I can start to give you a little... Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll have a little time to think while you, while you give us yours. Yeah, you guys can't afford to lose any players. I mean, you need to be building squad, let alone getting rid. Well, yeah. um, let's start with Mr. Mustafi. Absolutely get rid of Mustafi. He's been terrible for so absolute years. He's been, um, he, he's been stealing a living. Um, and the fact that Unai Emery has tried to it's very admirable to try and um, protect him in public, but it's embarrassing that he's saying, oh, he's a young defender who I believe in. He's not young. He's 28. He's been terrible his whole career. He's not improving, mate. He's not improving. He's just going to drag the team down. Secondly, Meza Ozil, say no more. I'm done with him. He's, he's, he's done nothing for years. He's overpriced, overrated, and I will drive him um, to the airport. Also, I think it's time for Lauren Kajelny to say goodbye. You know, he should have retired before he even started playing football with Arsenal. Um, a calamity, scores own, used to score a lot of own goals, weak. Um, the worst Arsenal captain I've ever seen, I've ever seen in terms of his, his clear enthusiasm for the game and passion. Um, and I'll be happy to see a new centre-back um, take over from him uh, alongside our great Socrates Papathapathapoulos. Um, I also believe Granit Xhaka has seen better days. Um, it's time for him to go as well. You know, he doesn't provide any solid defensive work. He shoots once in a while. He doesn't provide attacking flair. I don't know the point of him, and that is a wasted 
position as well. Um, a slight controversial one here, Alex Iwobi. You know, he's been kind of banging on the door of the first team for a while, but I don't think he's ever going to take that step up unless he's a manager who's going to nurture him. Um, whether or not Unai's eventual replacement will be that man, I don't think we'll get to see that. Um, and then the final player who I think we also need to get rid of is, and this will take a lot, this will be a very controversial one, I think Bernard Leno, who people seem to think is the best keeper since Jens Lehmann at this club. I think he still looks weak. He's still not keeping clean sheets. Um, you've got to also look at the keeper when your defence is playing so badly. Is there the communication there? Is he directing his defenders well enough? Um, we can see why with someone like Alisson coming into Liverpool or um, or uh, De Gea when he is on form for United, maybe this year isn't the best example, that they can make the difference. Um, I don't think he's good enough and I don't th- I'm not ready to wait around to see my club uh, go to smithereens on the ground to see that happen. So those are my three, my six players, Leno, Mustafi, Kajelny, Iwobi, Shaka and Ozil. I'd love to hear yours too. Controversial. Uh, so I'm going to start with Michel Vorm. He's been overtaken as the second choice keeper by Paolo Gazzaniga. And when he did play this year, I mean, against Liverpool at Wembley, he threw the ball in the net basically twice. <laughs> um, he's not dependable. And number three keeper now, get rid. Um, I mentioned George Kevin and Kudu earlier, the assist he got for Harry Winks' late winner against Fulham. It's probably the only good thing he's done um, in a Spurs shirt. Just hasn't worked out for him. He's, I mean, might as well sell him if we can. Um, Eric Lamella is a player. Wow. He's a player who I like and have defended and have wanted it to work out. And at the start of the season, I thought he'd be really important for us, but he just seems to be way too injury prone. And now at the time of the season where we could really need him, he's unavailable. Um, and I think, again, maybe just hasn't quite worked out for him. Um, Serge Aurier is one who I would probably get rid of. I think a lot of Spurs fans this season would probably say Kieran Trippier because he's had a pretty horrendous season. But I think Trippier's worth persevering with. I'd give him one more season, even though we probably could get, you know, it, supposedly all these clubs are interested in him. We could probably get a lot of money for him uh, more than we probably would do if we held on to him. But I'd give him more time. Aurier, I think, is still too rash. He's pacey, but. I don't think he offers the same threat going forward as Trippier. And I just don't feel confident when he plays that he's not going to give away a stupid penalty. Um, so that's Aurier, Lamella, Vorm and Kudu. So only Aurier, Lamella, Vorm and Kudu. So only two more. Probably Janssen, Vincent Janssen. He almost scored today, which would have been incredible. <laughs> I, I can't believe that he's back in the team. And I actually would not be surprised if he started for us on Tuesday night, which wow. just... Imagine, Tottenham Hotspur in a Champions League semi-final with potentially Vincent Janssen and Lorente up front. Uh, and I was actually missing Sissoko. Who would have thought that at the start of the season? Um, so yeah, Janssen and Kudu, Aurier, Lamella, Vorm. I need one more. I'm looking through the squad on my phone. Um, Harry Kane? No, I, I think persevere with Harry Kane for at least one more year, probably. Three-season uh, one, <laughs> maybe Wanyama he's again someone else who's come back into the side at the right time I mean if it wasn't for him we would literally not have a midfield at the moment but I think probably 
we do need to strengthen in that position and I'm not sure how many more years at the top he's got left. Um, so yeah, those would be my, my six. Some very, some very fair um, players there. Lamella surprises me. You know, he seems, he kind of goes through a phase every year where he seems like the best thing since sliced bread and then he kind of becomes this uh, scapegoat as well. I think it may be the, ba- the squad balance doesn't seem to quite be there. You seem to have an abundance of talented players in that attacking midfield positions, um, but then you don't quite have that the solidity um, up front. So I, I I don't know how you how you address that. I think someone like Harry Kane, you know, you know, you the squad is basically going to be built around him um, for the foreseeable future. But how do you get a, a sufficient backup who really can? Um, drive the team home when he's out. I think Hunman's son seems to have been um, seems to be taking that um, responsibility when Kane's out. Um, but when Kane's playing, he seems to go a little bit quiet. So I don't know if there's a little bit of Game of Thrones going on there between Hunman's <laughs> um, son and Harry Kane, a little mini rivalry, one to rival the Keane and Vieira <laughs> um, moments of old. Um, I was That's thinking not- about this about predictions for next for the rest of the season and I want to be very honest with you and this will probably seem hypocritical and go against everything that I've been saying but I have a terrible 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 feeling that Spurs are going to win the Champions League this year oh I think Spurs I've got this horrible feeling that there's there's this momentum that's going to carry you through to win that Champions League I think Arsenal will win the Europa League I think we've also got that. There, there's the belief in that squad based on Emery's experience. Um, and I think that Tottenham will finish in the top four. But I also think Chelsea will finish in the top four as well. Ooh. So, worrying. I'm thinking about moving abroad. Uh, <laughs> that happens. Um, and changing my name, club, identity, complete identity. Um, so, I'm praying it's not Europe. true. In Champions League, whole of Europe will be talking about that. You'll have to go. Um, you know, I'll, uh, I'm caveating now. I'm preparing myself mentally because, you know, whilst they might have bottled it in the league or bottled bottling it in the league, Spurs, um, if they can get the Ajax in a one-off, in a one-off final um, in Madrid, who knows with this team? Well, I mean, that's the thing. In a one-off game, anything can happen. I'm. Not as confident as you. I, I think I actually be very tricky. Um, but if we did get to the final, all bets are off at that point. I mean, we were dead and buried in the group stage, remember? One point after three games. So drag ourselves out of that group and then thrash Dortmund, go away to Dortmund, keep a clean sheet, get a, a goal and then knock out City. I mean, if, if we can get past Ajax, then of course we've got a 50-50 chance. But I think Ajax would be very, very tricky. I've been very impressed with them this season. I've wanted Tottenham versus Ajax the whole Champions League campaign because obviously we have a lot of former Ajax players. I used to live in Holland briefly as a kid. Tottenham versus Ajax has been kind of my dream match for a while. So to see it in a Champions League semi-final is, uh, yeah, it's, it's crazy. I never thought that would happen. Um, and yeah, if, if, if your worst nightmare were to come true, Jason, my wildest dream, then uh, this would be a, a very interesting uh podcast um going forwards on the bottling point now i think it's funny that okay yeah we lost today but these past few weeks spurs have been the only team in the top four race not bottling it i mean i was so surprised that when we lost to city arsenal couldn't capitalize at home to palace united lost 4-0 to everton chelsea couldn't beat burnley at home 
then obviously we've got the last minute winner against Brighton, which meant that even losing this weekend will stay third no matter what happens. I'm wondering, do you think tomorrow away at Leicester, can Arsenal put the pressure on Tottenham for that top four race? Or do you think another away defeat is coming? I mean, I've had to change my tune and, and kind of say, forget Spurs. It's not about Spurs, this top four race. Regardless, third, apart from Champions League qualification stages, third or fourth, it makes no difference. You have to go and you have to beat Chelsea and United to the spot. Thank God they're playing tomorrow, those two. Um, a draw or United win would do us very nicely. But no, we need, to, we need to win at least one of our next three and draw one to have a chance. Um, there's, if we lose that game to Brighton, if we don't win that game to Brighton, it's finished at home. Leicester could easily be a draw and Burnley as well could be a very worrying place to go on the last day of the season as well. Um, but interestingly, I'd like to know if I was to flip the scenario plan and Spurs were to bottle it, they managed somehow by goal difference to finish fifth and they were knocked out by Ajax or by Liverpool or Barcelona in the final. Um, what do you think would happen to Spurs? What would happen to the manager? What would happen to Roy of the Rovers, Harry Kane, Christian Eriksen, bad boy Deli Alley? What would uh, what would happen to the famous clan? It's a good question. I think it depends on whether it is I actually knocks it, knocks us out or whether it's Liverpool or Barcelona. I think if we were to miss out only on goal difference and have had got to a Champions League final, then I think that's probably enough to keep most of the players. I think Christian Eriksen might be leaving regardless. I'm not sure. The latest word is that he might be signing a contract, but I think certainly Pochettino would stick around and Kane would stick around and everybody for one more season if it was under those circumstances. Because, I mean, look, Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United, even Liverpool recently have all had seasons out of the Champions League and managed to keep most of their best players and their managers and come back stronger the next year. And if anything, I mean, I'm sure there's some Spurs fans who would think that would be a good thing because, as you've said, it might give us that kick up the backside to say, look, you need to go and buy and improve the squad. Um, so in a way, it could be a blessing in disguise. Obviously, I hope it doesn't happen. All the bottle job jokes would be out in full force. And certainly it would be damaging for the first full season in the new stadium not to have Champions League football and all the rest of it. But I think we've shown with this Champions League run what we're capable of doing in that competition. And if we only narrowly miss out, considering all the circumstances this season that I outlined earlier, I think there would probably be some understanding from within the club and probably even a desire to put it right themselves to say, OK, look, we, we need to get the club back to, to where we've shown they belong. And maybe it could give them that motivation. I don't know. Or maybe that's just me trying to see the, the silver lining in it. But I wanted to ask you the, uh, the Cesc Fabregas question that he tweeted out. Speaking of, you mentioned Arsenal winning the Europa League or Spurs winning the Champions League. Fabregas asked, you know, what would be better, getting to a Champions League final and losing or winning the Europa League? And I was wondering what your opinion on that was. Putting to one side the potential Tottenham Arsenal possibilities, just looking at the question in its own right, would you rather Arsenal be in a Champions League final with a 50-50 chance of winning it or guaranteed winning the Europa League? Oh, oh God. When you, when you caveat about Arsenal, about natural scenario, I mean, the game is about winning. The game is about glory, as Spurs say. Is that what Spurs say? It is, yeah. Yeah, it's ironic, isn't it? Um, so really, you've got to say it's all about the trophies, win the trophies, win a European trophy. But don't you um, want 
have the chance of winning the best trophy though. Yeah, but if you're then you change it, then you say then you're basically saying would you rather win Champions League or Europa League? If you're just saying would you rather be in a final and lose, that that's what he's saying. Would you rather be in a final and lose? Uh, no, well, yeah, I suppose right. that's how he's done it. I suppose I'm I'm changing the question slightly. You're changing, yeah, fifty-fifty, yeah. So if it was like if it was like okay, I I get what you mean. If if I I'm going to give you a fifty-fifty chance or a hundred percent chance, but the levels of prizes are so much bigger. Then yeah, I think you've got you've got to roll the dice and take that Champions League route. I mean, it, it's it's all about winning the best, biggest, and best. Um, but if if we're talking, you know, if we're talking about trophies, what's some bigger achievement? Spurs losing in the Champions League final, or Arsenal winning the Europa League? And Arsenal winning the Europa League is a bigger is a bigger achievement. But that's just the the Jose mentality that I've always um, seen as as the be all and end all in football. And I think maybe that's because I've been I've been spoiled with Wenger's. Uh, with Wenger's um, passion for top four and performances rather than actual trophies. Um, but I wonder if someone in City, or for example, you know, they, they, they want to win trophies rather than see all this style. It's interesting because I remember when we first met Jason back in 2006, it was Arsenal who were in a Champions League final against Barcelona. Um, and Spurs who were dreaming of a top four finish and a lot has changed in those uh, 13 odd years. How different do you think it would be if Arsenal had won that, that final? Well, I think that we would have had a lot more momentum the years after. We would have attracted some bigger and better players. Um, we probably would have kept Thierry Henry for a bit longer. I think Wenger would have left much earlier as well. Um, and who knows, we, we might have uh, been able to be on the front foot. But the truth is, without the investment, um, I don't think we, st- we still don't think we could have competed with the other top teams. You know, top, again, again, I do believe Tottenham are running, riding their luck with that because eventually, if you don't invest, the bubble will burst. You can only ride off, you know, team, whatever that team spirit is for so long. Yeah, I do, I do think that the no signings thing will change this summer. Um, but I do think, as I said, the uh, the investment in the stadium, I think, will stand the club in good in a good position in the future, in the long term. But certainly this is a squad that will need a lot of work done to it over the summer. Um, and hopefully that, that will happen because, yeah, if, if you know, I find it funny that Chelsea are fighting this transfer ban and it seems like we've given ourselves a transfer ban this season, not signing anyone in the summer or in January. Um, but the investment's gone somewhere else. But yeah, hopefully we can get it back on the pitch because, yeah, like you said, and particularly, you know, Arsenal, Chelsea, United, particularly United this summer, they're all going to invest and you've got to find a way to keep keep pace with them. And there's only so long I think Pochettino can uh, can defy gravity for. Yeah, no, I agree with that, I think. And uh, I think it'll be a real shame for his career if he just hangs on a little bit too long, loses kind of support from all the Spurs fans and the board and the respect to the football community and doesn't 
grasp that big opportunity that he probably does deserve at a Manchester United or Real Madrid um, club calibre. But speaking of Manchester United, Mr. Oli Gunnar-Solskjaer, what are your thoughts on Mata? That abomination of an appointment. Well, I think what's happening with Solskjaer right now is proof of why Pochettino would be advised not to go to a Man United or a Real Madrid. Because, quite frankly, those clubs can't be trusted. Those dressing rooms can't be trusted. And if Pochettino had taken the United job instead of Solskjaer in the, you know, over Christmas and had been in this situation now, that would have tarnished his reputation far more than staying at Spurs. So... I think there's a lot of work that he's doing at Man United. I think they need a lot of a complete overhaul of their squad. And I think it's going to take a few years for them to get anywhere near to where they want to be. And I don't know whether the fans in that club have the patience that's needed uh, to get there or not, because they've got rid of a manager every two years. And I think they need a big rebuilding job. And, you know, look, Klopp hasn't won anything with Liverpool yet. Pep didn't win anything in his first season. Yeah, these uh, big time. Seven seasons down or whatever it is, Pochettino, and still no signs really of winning any silverware. Well, he's in the Champions League semi-final, got to two FA Cup semi-finals. But I mean, the expectations are different with at Tottenham as opposed to City and, and United. That's the thing. And But exactly, Pochettino, how long he's been at Tottenham, hasn't won a trophy. Would United accept that? I don't think so. No, uh, I agree with that. And so it'll be interesting how much time they give Solskjaer. You know, clearly he'll get a summer. But then if they don't start next season well... Will they have patience with him? And I think Pochettino or any manager has to think how much time they'd be given at United to really do what's necessary. And I'm wondering whether you see any parallels with what's happening to United, with what's happened to Arsenal, whether you see an opportunity now to sort of over... Because obviously Arsenal-Man United used to be the big rivalry in English football. Um, do you now see yourselves overtaking United or becoming a more attractive destination or you know what do you see as a relationship now between those two clubs well I, it's interesting because I think what Arsenal have done cleverly is actually watch what United have done and kind of do the opposite so they saw them bring in a bang average Premier League manager um, and it go terribly in the first season they haven't done that um, despite my thoughts on Emery it is probably it probably was the safe option um they, and it's gone better than, than Moyes' first season. It's gone it? much, Even with yeah, your criticisms, it's better than it could have been, isn't it? Exactly. And you can't see the club, unfortunately, chopping and changing like they have. So maybe maybe they, they, they do have a point. Um, in terms of investment, you know, again, the club have been quite conservative at Arsenal rather than trying to do a big overhaul that they did at United and that hasn't quite worked or gelled either. I think the parallels of both of them is there doesn't seem to be a clear long-term plan. They're all looking at real short-term thinking. And it's, it's ironic because they were, they, with Ferguson and Wenger, it was all about long-term planning. That's why they were so successful at their peaks. Um, and that's what I think we need, they both need to get back to. They need to be thinking, the Spurs, Spurs are doing it. Spurs are thinking a lot more longer-term. They're building through their youth players. They're building that stadium. I just don't know whether perhaps Spurs are just behind United and Arsenal on their cycle of history. Um, they might have their time, like Arsenal and United have their time, and there'll be a reason why they won't have that time, like United and Arsenal have had to, to give that up. And I, I, I don't know what that is exactly. I need to map that out a little bit more in my head. Um, but I want, I, that's my feeling with Spurs at the moment, is that they're kind of, they've been way behind the other big clubs. 
and now they're just catching up and get their they're in their their stride in their peak. But you know, if they lose their lord, their savior, Mauricio Pochettino, um, will they just become United or Arsenal, or even worse because they don't have that heritage um, and and modern success to build upon as well. It will be very interesting to see how it all develops over the next few years. I mean, Chelsea as well. If they have another season out of the Champions League, I mean, what could that do to them? I mean, it will be, and if they lose Eden Hazard and, you know, you, you can see them kind of going back to where they were pre-Abramovich. Yeah. And also there's, there's rumours that he might stop investing in the club as well. So, and I think he has slowed down slightly. So with that transfer ban as well, that doesn't help. I wonder, you know, they're not the same team they were. They haven't got that penetration and that that um, that excitement that they once had. Um, they just don't seem, they don't look like they have that motivation anymore to play for their manager or to play for Chelsea Football Club. And that must be horrible to see as a fan, to, to see the players just, and the management just almost give up and just kind of, it be a means to an end. And I do worry about that with Arsenal, but I just think, I think there's a lot more structure in there that they'd be able to stop that happening before it spun out of control. That's what I hope and pray at least. Interesting. See, so is your is your prediction then for the season that Arsenal will finish outside the top four but win the Europa League and that Spurs will win the Champions League? Yes. Bold. I think... Um, I don't think we'll, I think it will be a, a Barcelona Ajax final, which Barcelona will win. I think ooh, top four. I really don't know. I hope we finish third, and I don't really. I mean, I'd like United to finish fourth instead of Chelsea or Arsenal, but I, I can see. I think you might be right on on Chelsea, although if they lose today and Arsenal, uh, sorry, lose tomorrow and Arsenal win, then I think Arsenal. Have, Got to be favourites for that fourth spot, and that Europa League final potentially between yourselves and Chelsea, I think, will be really interesting. That kind of Champions League place showdown. Um, so, would you say that if Arsenal were to get fourth place and win the Europa League, that is a more successful season than Spurs getting third place and getting to a Champions League semi-final slash final? Well, that would be that would be the debate. I think. Even though I could make the same argument that I've made before about why Pochettino's done such an impressive job and under the circumstances and the Champions League being a better competition and all of that, if you like you've said, if you've won a trophy, you've won a trophy. It's you know, it, it gets you. You know, it, you can't deny the uh, the you know that that's probably more successful if you've got a trophy at the end of the season. We don't. <laughs> then, yeah, you probably have had a better season. But it's probably only because the Europa League gives you Champions League as well, which is where you'd rather be. And in that competition, we've gone the furthest that we have in our history. So it's kind of... Depends which way you look at it. But, yeah, probably I'd have to begrudgingly admit that you've had the more successful season, but only narrowly, if that makes sense. I mean, I, I feel like you'd understand if it was the other way around, if Spurs won the Europa League, but Arsenal were, you know getting to the semi-finals or finals of the Champions League, you'd probably say, okay, yeah, you've won a trophy. We haven't, but, you know, let's see then how you do next season in the Champions League. I would, probably take, hard I, would, I would probably take the moral high ground, whatever Arsenal did. So <laughs> I think it's an unfair, it's an unfair comparison. 
Um, but I guess we'll see. You know, only two weeks pretty much to go to the end of the season. And uh, K Sarah Sarah. Yeah, so uh, get in touch if uh, you're listening. Let us give us your predictions. Tell us which six players from Arsenal or Tottenham you'd get rid of. Uh, like, share, retweet, subscribe, leave a review, all that good stuff. Let us know what you think will happen. What, what, you, whether you agree with us, disagree, give us your thoughts. Uh, Jason, any, any final words? Embryo. <laughs>